Yemiyahu chapter 22. Chapter 22, Yemiyahu is commanded, Koamar Hashem, thus says the Lord, Raid Beit Melech Yehuda v'dibarta sham et hadavar hazeh. Go to the palace of the king of Judah, where you shall utter this word. It's not actually clear at what point in time Yemiyahu was being uh, commanded to go to the palace and to say these words. The speech of Yemiyahu is directed against the king of Judah, and actually when you read chapter 22, it's directed against the kings of Judah. In general, in verse number 3, a theme that is found throughout the book of Yemiyahu, the king is commanded to do mishpat We know, for example, in the book of Shmuel, in chapter 8 of 2 Samuel, in the description of King David, the positive description of King David, that David did tzedakahu mishpat l'cholamo. David was engaged in fairness and equity, an honest judge for all the people. And that's the standard by which kings are measured. And that was the request initially of the people. The king should judge us. And judging means, as it says here in verse number 3 of chapter 22, in the Bible means especially helping those on the margins, the widow, the orphan, the oppressed, etc. That's what the king should be doing, and clearly, as Yermio continues in his speech, the kings of Judah have not done that. Now, when I say the kings of Judah, we remember that the prophecy of Yermio begins in the time of Yoshiahu, who's a righteous king. He's the one that under whose reign the temple scroll was discovered, initiates all kinds of reforms in the country for the good. But after he dies, and he's killed by Pharaoh, Paranacho, the Egyptian leader, who's traveling up north, and those who take over after Yoshio are no good. So in this chapter, we have prophecies of Yemiyo directed against the kings of Judah that follow Yoshio, three of them at least. The first that's mentioned in this chapter is in verse number 11, Now, when you look at the book of Melachim, which mentions the children of Yoshiyahu, Shalom is not mentioned. The king who actually takes over after Yoshiyahu is named Ahaziah. And here he's called Shalom. We can presume, possibly it's the same person, in the book of Chronicles, in Divrei Hayamim, Shalom is mentioned as the son of Yoshiyahu. Now, Yoachaz only lasts three months as king. No good, and he's, he's gone. And he's removed by Paronecho. The Egyptians are controlling, at that point, controlling the land of Israel for the most part. And Paronecho removes him. And in his place, he puts in another son of Yoshiyahu named Yehoiakim. Actually, his name was Eliakim, and Paro changes the name to Yehoiakim, and he's a wicked king, and he's very central in the prophecies of Yermio. So here, however, in chapter 22, we begin with Shalom. And again, Yermio prophesies that no good will come of Shalom. And it's interesting what he says about Shalom as a critique of him and a critique of kingship. And in verse 13 of chapter 22, so, alas, one who builds his house with unfairness and his upper chambers with injustice. 
Rayehu Yavod Chidam Ufalo Leitain Lo, who makes his fellow work without pay and does not give him wages. That's part of the Mishpat and Tzedakah critique. But then it continues in verse number 14 with a different critique. Haomer Evneli Beit Midot Valoyot Meruvachim Vikoralo Chalonai Visafun Baerez Umoshuach Bashoshak Hatibloch Yatomit Chareba Erez Avicha Aloa Chalvishata Vyasa Mishpatu Tzedakah Oztovlo. So the critique over here is Woe is the one who thinks, I will build me a vast palace with spacious upper chambers provided with windows paddled in cedar. And the idea, the critique here is the king who is self-indulgent. We find this critique elsewhere about the kings who build lavish palaces for themselves and don't live the simple life. And here the point is the critique of this particular king, but it's a critique of kingship in general he doesn't pay his workers, but he's building very fancy edifices for himself. One is reminded of what King David said in chapter 7 of Second Samuel, when he turned to the prophet and said, Look, I live in a house of cedar, but God dwells behind the curtains. That's not right. I should build God's house. Now, there was something problematic about what David said, the idea of equating his house with God's house. And God's response to uh, Natan Hanavi is, listen, if I wanted a house, I'd build a house. I don't want a house. Not yet. Your son will build me a house. And I'll determine when and where. On the other hand, there's something positive about what David says. He recognizes something odd about I having a fancy house and God dwelling in a structure of curtains, the Mishkan. So over here, the critique is the indulgence of the king. And it takes us back to what the Torah says about the king. What the Torah warns us about the king, lo yarbeh, the king should not have excessive, too many wives, too much money, too many horses, etc. Excess is always a danger. And that's the critique Yermio levels against this particular king, but against kingship in general. So the first one mentioned is Shalom. And then later in the chapter, we move to the next king, who's a major player in the book, and that's Yehoiakim. Yehoiakim was, as I mentioned earlier, was put in place by Paro, Paro Necho, and he too is very negative, a wicked king. He will figure in stories later on as well, in very central stories in the book of Yirmiyahu. And finally, in verse 24, we come to Knayahu, Knayahu, known also as Yechonya, and he's the one who's, during his reign, the first exile to Babylon takes place, and he himself is taken to Bavel. He will figure later in the book as well. And here, too, we have a critique of Kenayahu, as he's called, and a critique of Yehoiakim. And the contrast in the chapter between building these marvelous edifices, the cedar and the panels and the windows and the coatings, and the way they end up. Yehoiakim ends up in verse 19 in the chapter, Kfurat Chamari Kaver the burial of an ass, dragged out and left lying outside the gates of Jerusalem. As far as Yechonia, in verse number 28, is this man Yechonia a wretched broken pot, a vessel no one wants? So the contrast between the self-indulgence and the riches amassed by these kings and where they end up is very striking in the chapter.
Now, chapter 22, which is a critique of the kings of Judah, and actually is delivered at the palace, at the gates of the king, palace gates. I think that chapter 22, actually, we have division of 22 and 23, but actually, the beginning of 23 is actually a summation of chapter 22, because the beginning of 23 is Hoi Roim Miabdim Umefitzim Etzon Mariti Numashem. 23 talks about the Roim, the shepherds. Now, the, who are the shepherds? The shepherds could be leaders of the people, not necessarily kings, or it could refer to kings. And I think in chapter 23, the shepherds who have abandoned their flock, who let the flock get dispersed. In other words, the exile is represented in the beginning of 23 as a failure of the shepherds to make sure none of the flock is lost. And in chapter 23, verse number 5, there's a prophecy about the future. Even in verse 4, someday I will establish for the people good shepherds, responsible shepherds. And in verse 5 of chapter 23, A time is coming when I shall raise up a true branch of David's line. He shall reign as king and shall prosper. He shall do what is just and right. In his days, In his days, Judah shall be delivered and Israel shall dwell secure. And this is the name by which he shall be called. Hashem Tzidkenu. The Lord is our vindicator. Tzedek. So there's a prophecy about the future. And the prophecy is about a descendant of David who was righteous, a true branch of David. Of course, chapter 23 of Yirmiyahu recalls for us chapter 11 of Yeshayahu. The messianic vision of Yeshayahu in chapter 11, A shoot shall grow out of the stump of Jesse. A twig shall sprout from his stock. So here Yirmiyahu condemns the kings of Judah, but he doesn't give up on the idea of the kings of Judah. David, who is the one who did Mishpat and Tzedakah, someday there will be one who follows in his footsteps, will be known as Hashem Tzidkenu, God is our vindicator. He will reflect the values of God.